Hello, Louisiana. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Friday, September 13th of 2019. Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. Lakeland Cotton and Grain in Winsboro is now in receivership. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry Mike Strain took the business over this week to make sure that all farmers doing business with them are paid. We'll have more on that story with Commissioner Mike Strain coming up later in the podcast. First, here's a look at news headlines. A bit of good news on the China trade war front today. Reports coming out that China has removed punitive tariffs on U.S. pork and reported sales of U.S. pork to China. USDA Chief Economist Rob Johansson says African swine fever has devastated the hog herd in China, creating a huge demand for U.S. pork. Even... With the tariffs, the U.S. is expanding their exports there. There are also reports today that China is easing the punitive tariffs on U.S. soybeans. Johansson says that could be related to the African swine fever problem as well, creating the need for soy protein to rebuild their hog herd. China is having a difficult time rebuilding their swine herd right now. But when they do, they're going to have to expand their swine production pretty rapidly to make up for a lot of lost production. How fast and how quickly that happens is anybody's guess. But it's also possible that China is making a good-faith gesture ahead of next month's trade talks. Final repeal of the 2015 Waters of the U.S. rule was announced yesterday, and what comes next is a revised definition. Rod Bain has more from Washington. The Environmental Protection Agency's administrator Thursday in the nation's capital with an announcement regarding the federal Clean Water Act's Waters of the United States rule. EPA and the Army are officially repealing the 2015 definition. EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler says the repeal of WOTUS is step one of a two-part process. Step two, our proposed revised definition of Waters of the United States. With plans to finalize a revised WOTUS definition by winter and public comment to follow. Among those applauding the repeal, the American Farm Bureau Federation and its president, Zippy Duval. We welcome the opportunity to get rid of this old rule and take our time and make sure we develop a new rule that gives us clear rules so that we can have clean water. And Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue in a statement calling the repeal a win for American agriculture. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. USDA released its latest crop production estimates for Louisiana last week, and it shows quite a shift in acreage this year. Corn acreage, 550,000 acres, that's up 100,000 from 2018. Cotton acreage up sharply as well, 270,000 acres, that's up 81,000 from 2018. Rice acreage estimated at 425,000 acres, that's up 5,000 from last year. A big drop in soybean acreage this year. We're expecting 870,000 acres of beans here in Louisiana. That is down a whopping 330,000 acres from last year. Sugarcane production estimated at 475,000 acres. That's up 26,500 from 2018. 
That is a look at some of the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture. Remember, you can always check our website for the latest updates, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.com or voiceoflaag.com. We update that every weekday with the latest news and happenings in Louisiana agriculture. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our daily e-newsletter. It's called The Daily Voice. There's a button right in the middle of the homepage. It says click here to get our daily e-news update. Click that, fill out your name, email address, and we'll send you The Daily Voice right to your inbox every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Now let's look at the markets on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Another higher trade today in soybeans, corn, and wheat. Greg Fox is a grain marketing specialist with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Yeah, definitely nice to see some follow-through after a slightly bullish report yesterday. I wouldn't call it a full-blown bull report, but you know we saw USDA lower soybean yields slightly, so that lowered production and lowered carryout for the 1920 crop season. And the same thing on corn, a slight reduction in the yield. And that's really what the market was expecting to see and hoping to see at the same time. So we got it. And then today, China is going to exempt some U.S. soybean and pork purchases. Um, So hopefully that will get done. And that just gave support to us today. And if they actually come out and buy something, that should really hold us at these levels or maybe give us that little run past the $9 range. November soybeans up three and a quarter, closing at eight ninety eight and three quarters. January beans up three and a quarter, nine twelve and a quarter. The corn market finished slightly higher. December corn up one and a half, three sixty eight and three quarters. March corn up one and three quarters, three eighty one and a half. July wheat up one and a quarter, closing at four ninety seven and a half. Rough rice finished higher. November rice up seven and a half, twelve twenty five and a half. January rice up eight and a half at twelve forty one a hundred weight. November sugar down nine points, twenty five fifty one. Now with a look at the cotton market, here's Don Molino. In its latest Louisiana crop production report, USDA says upland cotton production for Louisiana is forecast at five hundred fifty thousand bales, unchanged from the August first forecast but 130,000 bales above last year. Yield is now expected to average 978 pounds per harvested acre, unchanged from last month, but down 89 pounds from 2018. Futures slightly higher in the front months on Friday, then in trade in October, down 49 points. China did give tariff exemptions from the second round of implementation to several U.S. ag goods, though there's no word on if cotton made it on that list. Friday afternoon, new crop December, 62.28, up 7 Spot market price for North and South Delta, 60.63, down 62. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. The cash-fed cattle market moved slightly lower this week. Most of our prices $1 lower compared to last week. Sales in the South mainly at $99. As you move into the Midwest, sales were around $100. Dress sales, however, took a bigger tumble, down about 5 bucks compared to last week. Dress sales ranging from 159 to 160. On the futures market, we saw lower prices for live cattle, higher for feeder cattle. October live cattle down 65 at 9807. The December contract down 57, 10437. Feeders were slightly higher. October feeder cattle up seven, 13457. November feeder cattle up 12 at 13402. 
What is going on with Lakeland Cotton and Grain in Winsboro? The Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry had to step in and take that business over this week. We'll talk to Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry Mike Strain about that situation coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Farm Bureau has been working for Louisiana's farmers and ranchers since 1922, and that work continues today. If you're a farmer or rancher, Farm Bureau wants you to join and be a part of their family. Farm Bureau knows you're busy running your operation, so while you're at work on your farm or ranch, Farm Bureau is watching out for your interests. So join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Our guest today is Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Dr. Mike Strain. Commissioner, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you? Doing all right. I wanted to visit with you about something that happened here in Louisiana this week with Lakeland Grain up in the Winsboro area. I know that your department had to step in and uh, put that company into receivership and, and take it over for the time being. Uh, if you would, take a step back and tell me, how did we end up in this situation? What happened to Lakeland Grain to bring us to this current point? Well, what happened is that uh, they have been having you know, some issues for a period of time, and they were able to continue to have financing from the banks. And so you know, about two weeks ago, the banks told them that they would no longer advance them any additional cash and without having sufficient cash into the accounts, they did not have the money to pay the farmers and then be able to stay in business long enough to sell the grain. Uh, they had contracted for about 4.6 million bushels of grain. They had received about 3.1, 3.2 million bushels, and they had another 440,000 bushels or so that were of last year's corn. And without the cash necessary to pay the farmers, it triggers what is called considered insolvency. And so they were not able to take the corn in that they had contracted, over a million bushels that were in the field, but nowhere to go because they were completely full and they did not have the cash to pay the farmers. You know, And when the first farmer demands payment, if you cannot pay them, then under the law you are insolvent. So either you do not pay the farmers or you do not have sufficient cash capital to pay them, uh, then that triggers the insolvency. And what happens is that we have our auditors uh, went out and we did, we did an immediate audit. Uh, we talked to their bookkeepers as well. And then the grain, uh, the, the commission that oversees this, which is the Agricultural uh, Commodities Commission. Uh, so the Commodities Commission met. And we, we met for a considerable amount of time to discuss this. And then at the end of the meeting, after we came out of executive session, the Agricultural Commodities Commission voted uh, to give me the authority uh, to go ahead and seize and operate the facility in receivership uh, if, you know, I, if I deem that as necessary. And we met with the banks. The banks were there, and they asked for a couple more days' time to see if they could take another look at the finances and whether or not they would be able to further extend credit. And I, where we ended up is the fact that the banks were somewhat reluctant to do so, and 
actually, and the owners of the facility were reluctant to ask for additional credit. And based on that, then I made the decision and I advised our legal team to go ahead and move forward with receivership. We move forward immediately, and of course we have to do there are two things. Under the law, I have the authority to uh, take a facility over, uh, and within five days I have to go to the court in the jurisdiction of where the elevator is to get formal authority through the judiciary branch of government, through the courts, to place them into receivership and, in fact, uh, to take over all operations of the facility. Yesterday, we had a meeting with the farmers, and it was at the local Farm Bureau office, and it was a packed house for all the farmers that were there. And at the end of the day, uh, and, and thanks to the legislation and what we did basically over 10 years ago, where we set up the Cotton and Grain Indemnity Fund, and that is a fund that all farmers pay into. They pay into one twenty-fourth of 1% of the total value of cotton and grain that is sold. There's a fund established. It does lie in the Treasury, and that fund has, has a significant amount of money in it. We also have a self-insurance fund, and so we're able to utilize those two pots of money. And the, the, the bottom line is this, the farmers will be paid. So we have two different uh, subsets of farmers. One, those farmers that have delivered grain to Lakeland, uh, and they are, we're going to begin paying those uh, as soon as I have access to the necessary cash to do that. We're trying to do that next week, if at all possible. And then secondly, we have those farmers that are not able to deliver to Lakeland because Lakeland can't take any more grain. It is full, and they're having to go to other facilities and sell the grain. And then we're going to take a look and analyze whether or not they lost money doing this. And if per contract uh, they are owed money, we will make that good as well. Well, Commissioner, I know you met with that group of farmers that you mentioned up there in the Winsboro area yesterday. How did that meeting go, and how was the response? Well, you know, the response was very good, and we started off the meeting with a prayer, which was very important. And then my next step was to assure them that we are here to help, and we're going to make funds available. I'm going to pay them uh, from the Cotton Grain Indemnity Fund. I will borrow money necessary if I have to to cash flow, so they are all paid. We are going to operate the facility and we are going to sell the corn to recoup as much money as possible. If any money left over, it will go back to Lakeland Grain and to the family that owns it. And so the meeting went very well. I think they were just there. They wanted to hear us. They wanted to see us. And, you know, they wanted to, you know, again, to make sure that, that we had their backs, and we have their backs. Well, Commissioner, I guess it's a good thing that we have that indemnity fund. If, if my memory serves me correctly, that thing was set up back when we had the issue with the elevator up in Boyce several years ago. Is that the case? Yes. When Central Grain became insolvent, and that was a multi-million dollar, probably about a $2 million overall issue, there were a number of farmers that had been given uh, basically bad checks for their crops. And at the time, there was only a $50,000 total bond out in the office probably a week or two when this happened. And after Central Grain said, well, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so we were the first state in the United States to set up a grain and cotton indemnity fund and to do these parameters. And this is the first test of that fund and how it works. But thank goodness we did this. The legislature worked with us and that we set this up and the farmers have paid into it. And we protected this fund from being swept or raided by the, by the legislature because this is the farmer's money. This is not tax money. This is not a bailout. This is the farmer's money. They pool together in the case something like this occurs. And then once we pay the farmers, then it is my responsibility to recoup as much of this money as I can by selling the grain and running the facility in an orderly fashion. We're not doing a fire sale. We're going to run it in an orderly fashion. 
put this money back into the Treasury and, of course, uh, in case something like this occurs elsewhere. So, Commissioner, where do we go from here? What does the short-term future look like for Lakeland Grain? Well, the short-term future, they're not taking in any more grain, and we're in the process of selling grain. So we will be selling grain. We'll be moving out. We'll be blending some of the grains that are there. Uh, and we will be selling, you know, to the, to the highest bidder, and we'll be basing it on market price, and so we're going to do this in an orderly fashion. Also, all cotton contracts that are there, we're going to facilitate those contracts because there's a commission on those contracts that is owed to Lakeland Grain, and that money goes into this pot. So we're going to operate it, and we're going to sell out and liquidate everything that's there in a timely fashion. We're going to sell all the corn, sell all the cotton, and then uh, those monies will be used in the appropriate fashion. And I, I would hope that at the end of the day there's some dollars left over and we can walk away and hand it back uh, to Lakeland Cotton and Grain LLC. We'll move out of receivership and then they can start over. Well, of course, this is a tough time to have something like this happen. Really tough for farmers right at harvest time and probably tough for you. You're in the middle of a campaign. How's that campaign going right now? Oh, the campaign's going fine. We are traveling hard. We're traveling everywhere. You know, and everybody, you know, it's really great to campaign as commissioner because everybody's glad to see us. And they understand, you know, and, you know, you know, our farmers and our business people, they understand the tremendous complexity of this office. And this is, you know, this is a very complex situation, and that's part of what we do, you know. And so, but it's good that we're there. Uh, but the main thing is, you know, we are here to serve and protect our farmers, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Mike Strain, thanks so much, Commissioner. Thank you. Take care. That wraps up another week of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week to kick it all off again on Monday. Until then, be sure to connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at Voice of LA Ag. We'll see you Monday right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Carrie Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.